0: Chapter 24 of The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners by Agnes G. Burn. Chapter 24 Weather Climate and weather are closely related but not identical for questions of climate we turn mainly to the thermometer for questions of weather we turn mainly to the barometer yet the state of the barometer has also a very intimate connection with the climate of a place and the state of the thermometer with its weather on the whole weather is a word more used with reference to the temperate zone than the tropical regions when the sun blazes day after day for months out of a blue sky with no change or a sign of change men do not say what beautiful weather but rather what a sunny climate just as day and summer night and winter merge into one at the poles so climate and weather merge very much into one within the tropics the very rain comes when it does come with a regularity which speaks rather of climate that of weather in our temperate regions our northern belt of variable winds while climate has certain persistent outlines which may be reasonably calculated on weather seems to be a thing of impulses altogether erratic yet our weather like all else in nature is governed by settled laws weather in england is not more really fitful than in the tropics It is only uncertain in respect of our ignorance. The many forces which combine to bring about varying results are more complex than the broader and simpler rules which govern tropical weather, and are not so well understood by man. Nonetheless, every change of breeze, every passing shower, every cloud which forms and vanishes, has had its causes leading up to the present moment one main foundation of climate is the heat of the air in varying degrees a main foundation of weather is the weight or pressure of the air in varying degrees as the warmth of the air is measured by the thermometer so the pressure of the air is measured by the barometer a barometer like a thermometer consists of a glass tube holding a column of mercury the upper part of glass being as far as possible emptied of air here the resemblance ceases for the mercury column rests in a little vessel open to the air and the atmosphere pressing upon the exposed mercury keeps the slender column upright in the tube just so high as to balance its own heaviness If the pressure of the air weighs exactly the same as the column of mercury, 28 inches high, then the mercury column will stand exactly 28 inches high in the tube. If the air press is harder, it will push the mercury column higher. If less hard, it will let the mercury column sink a little lower. A barometer examined first at the sea level and then carried up a mountain will be found on the summit to tell of greatly lightened air for the denser layers have all been left below and the pressure is in consequence much lessened even at the sea level the pressure is by no means always the same air there is sometimes lighter through warmth sometimes heavier through cold Also, currents of air, especially those which flow upward and downward, have a good deal to do with degrees of pressure. In the last chapter we heard about certain charts, on which are drawn climate curves, or curves of equal warmth, in different places. Charts are made in like manner, for the drawing of weather curves, or curves of equal air pressure in different places very often a chart is made which is a union of the two upon a map of a certain district are drawn the climate lines of a certain date as shown by thermometers and the weather lines of the same date as shown by barometers the map is then filled in with symbols of rain and fine wind and calm occurring in different parts thousands of such records have been taken during the last few years. Weather curves are even more fitful and curious than climate curves. The latter do at least wave and zigzag round the earth, keeping in some sort of fashion in one chief direction, but the weather curves run fantastically always, and form most singular shapes. Not any and every kind of shape, however. Even here we find rules apparently laid down and carried out. Even the wild winds have method and order stamped into their very being. These weather curves, when drawn upon the map, fall commonly into one or another of seven distinct shapes or classes, known one from another by a practiced eye. Some of them, such as cyclones and anti-cyclones, are familiar to us by name now nothing is easier than to turn disdainfully away and say of course anybody may draw any lines upon a map and make what shapes he pleases but these are not fanciful outlines they follow strictly the actual readings of barometers all over a certain district at a certain time each barometer reading shows the exact pressure of the air just when and where it is noted and that degree of pressure always means something definite about the weather, though what it means is not always clear to us. Distinctly as the beating of your pulse shows the state of your health, the rise or fall of the barometer shows the condition of the atmosphere in respect to its pressure. Reading the barometer is feeling the pulse of the air. But not everybody with eyes can read a barometer truly, any more than... Everybody with fingers can feel a pulse, understandingly. A man seated in a central office receives news at once from many stations. In some of these stations, the Mercury stands, let us say one particular morning, at 29.6 degrees. In others at 29.8 degrees. In others at 30.0 on this map he draws lines from place to place of the first, from place to place of the second, from place to place of the third. He does not follow any private notions of his own, but simply obeys the readings of barometers. These lines, when drawn, form certain shapes, and the shapes speak of certain actual realities in the ocean of air. One can well imagine that curves so drawn dictated as one may say by the freaks of the wild winds might fall into any manner of shapes never turning out twice the same yet it is far from being so the wild winds show methods in their madness these shapes do constantly turn out so far alike as to be easily classified moreover each kind of shape as a more or less distinct kind of weather belonging to it. The air-ocean, as we have already seen, is never at rest. It is in a condition of perpetual whirl and turmoil. Circulating currents stream to and fro, winds pour this way and that way, eddies and ripples, innumerable, cover the face of the earth. A ceaseless conflict of forces goes on rivers of air to the north are balanced by rivers of air to the south heat strives with cold and evaporation strives with condensation heavy air rushes towards light air and light air flees from heavy air in the flow of a great river there is the general movement of the whole body of water from a higher to a lower level there are also countless lesser flowings to and fro eddyings round obstructions silent pools calm stretches broken waves and rapids as the river runs its surface has various risings and depressions its waters pour many ways which might be indicated by shapes drawn on paper so too with the atmosphere there are the mighty main streams below and above There are also back streams, side streams, lesser currents, cyclings to and fro, heights and depressions of the outer surface, waves and eddies innumerable. One may see baby eddies of air in the road on a windy day, tiny whirls of air carrying round dust and leaves. The cyclone is such an eddy on a large scale, varying from 50 to over 2,000 miles across and other air disturbances are more or less of the same nature an eddy of water may be either fixed or in motion a river eddy is often long motionless water particles pour in circle round and pour out again while the eddy itself is unchanged but some river eddies and most ocean eddies travel onward from one spot to another forming and vanishing after a fitful fashion There are eddies of air which remain motionless as well as eddies of air which move. Anticyclones are often stationary for hours and days, even for weeks and months. Air particles flow in and out of the stationary anticyclone, but the great eddy itself, gently circling, is fixed in one place. Some anticyclones travel like other eddies. Some form, stay for a while where they are, then break up as a rule air eddies are given to moving on a cyclone like an anti may form anywhere and break up anywhere but it almost always journeys sometimes traveling straight forward sometimes creeping round the edge of a fixed anti cyclone this drifting over us of air eddies is a fact which ought to be clearly grasped weather comes to us we do not go to it man stands still so to speak and different kinds of weather sweep past A cyclone comes to give him rain An anti comes to give him sunshine each in turn drifts onward elsewhere to be replaced by some other form of weather if a man wants a change of climate he leaves his own climate and goes across land or sea to find something different if he wants a change of weather he has only, at least in our variable country, to sit still, and the change will surely come to him. Every face of weather arrives in turn, as eddy after eddy, ripple after ripple, wave after wave, journey across the land. The weather map which is true of Europe and the Atlantic one morning has often to be quite altered by the next morning. Nearly all the same eddies may be still in existence, but the whole has drifted on, so that each spot in the map has changed its weather. Where a cyclone was yesterday, a wedge is today. Where the wedge was yesterday, a big anti is pushing its way today. Where the anti was yesterday, a call has moved today, and so on. People are apt to associate the word cyclone with a terrific storm, yet it does not necessarily mean a storm particularly in temperate regions. A falling barometer ushers it in, and it does bring some wind and rain, whether much or little depends upon what is called the intensity of the cyclone. It may be languid, or vigorous, or violent but in each case the nature of the eddy is the same the only real distinction between those cyclones which bring a mild ordinary amount of wind and rain and those which usher in mighty gales with tremendous rain or snow lies in the intensity of either the degree of intensity depends upon something else which is rather difficult to explain clearly in a simple sketch of this kind A little illustration may help. Suppose you have to walk up a hill from a level plain. The hill may rise slowly or sharply. There may be a long or a short space between the spot where you stand 100 feet above the plain and the spot where you stand 200 feet above it. The long space would mean a gradual ascent, the short space a sudden ascent. In either case, the hill is said to rise so many feet in the mile. There is a slope also in a cyclone, not the slope of a solid hill, but the slope of different barometer heights. Where a cyclone exists, the barometer is always lower inside and always higher outside the eddy. The rise of the slope from a lower barometer in one place to a higher barometer in another place is reckoned not by so many feet in the mile, but by so many tenths of an inch in the mile. To illustrate this, suppose you have two barometers daily watching in two towns, three or four miles apart. One day, the two barometers are the same, the mercury standing in both at precisely the same height. This means a calm. Next day, one barometer is two tenths of an inch higher than the other, this means a little wind another day one barometer stands half an inch higher than the other quite a steep slope this means something of a storm yet another day one barometer stands an inch and a half or two inches higher than the other a tremendously sharp ascent this means a hurricane Such violent differences within a few miles are seldom and never known in the British Isles, but they are by no means unheard of in tropical lands. End of chapter twenty four. Recording by John Brandon.